Hello and welcome to another edition of MLB Pro Happy Hour. It is now just past 6.35 p.m. Eastern time here on Friday, July 31st, trade deadline day. We, we're under we're under an hour. We're almost under 50 minutes until um, the trades. trade. By the way, should we send this out to uh, the chat so everyone can uh, watch us live? I will send this out right now. If anyone wants to join us, uh, you're welcome to join us. But, yeah, 638. Um, we've had a busy day of trades so far. Um, last we spoke this morning, um, we were talking about the Angels making a couple trades for a pitcher over in the American League. And another contender in the American League um, decided that they wanted to get involved and bring in a pitcher. That being Mitch, uh, making headways hitting up the Dodgers and Sam and uh, inquiring on John Lester. And after Brian, I know spoke to him, convinced John Lester had that playing in Toronto was a good idea. So Lester waived his no trade clause and he's now a blue Jay uh, Lester with 50% of his contract remaining in LA being sent to Toronto in exchange for Cole Wilcox, Cedric flowers, quite Casey Queener and Chris Farrell, three prospects and a big league pitcher. Lester's a fantastic pitcher, signed to a mega deal this past offseason by the Dodgers. Hasn't quite worked out uh, as a team for the Dodgers. Not not Lester's fault by any stretch. Yeah. D- does this trade work for uh, for both teams? Yeah. I mean, John Lester's been spectacular in L.A., right? He's been exactly what they thought they were getting when they signed him out of New York. He's done nothing but pitch exactly this way. Now, his, his you know, bat is a little lower than typical, but even if he reverts to the norm – the dot or the Blue Jays just added a what 3.5 ERA pitcher who wins, who strikes batters out, who doesn't walk anybody, who doesn't give up home runs. 0.5 home runs per nine right now, which is what Mitch has been chasing all year. It's why we didn't get Chris Gray earlier on. Um, I mean, this is this is a perfect acquisition for the, the Blue Jays, I think, and this year. When you look at the Blue Jays, a team that that's all in. Uh, Michael Walker recently. Uh, the offseason moves of bringing in, or I guess Villette, I forget if it was this season or last season. Broderick Wilson was this past offseason. Roldis Chapman, uh, they've recently overhauled the bullpen. They uh, they needed someone to potentially match Holtson and Hooper to go late in the games. And, and even maybe not as late with all the bullpen moves that Toronto has. Yeah. But they needed, they needed strong assets. And when you're looking at John Lester, 17 quality starts in – 22 game starts this year that works yeah I think it does I mean I really don't think that he is he's no Justin Hooper obviously but the guy is spectacular he's got experience if I'm not mistaken I don't know if I can find this postseason he made the postseason one time in his career back in 2013 which I think is the year that the Red Sox won the World Series but in that he made five starts all of them were quality with a 2.02 ERA uh, didn't give up a single home run across 35 innings. Like, this dude is absolutely perfect for what Toronto wanted to do this season. Now, I think he fades quickly, obviously, and he's not going to be a long-term solution. But, I mean, Mitch has proven he can rebuild at the drop of a hat. So, I think it's a perfect acquisition for them. So, here, here's my question to you. Um, part of this package included – it was led by Cole Wilcox, yeah. the 21-year-old who was acquired from the White Sox this past December. I have it on good authority from numerous sources throughout the league that Cole Wilcox was being offered as part of a package that also included Mackenzie Gore. 
uh, and a couple other players uh, to a handful of teams in the hopes of landing a, a bigger, younger ace. Correct. Should they have kept on? Should they have maybe made those other offers better and gotten someone younger? I, I, I don't want to spill some of the names that were involved here, but but they were after some some aces, legitimate aces, and were spurned away. Does move does moving Cole Wilcox maybe cut away from their future plans of getting someone big or, or Mitch? It's Mitch. He'll figure it out later. I mean, you gotta think Mitch is Mitch, right? But the the thing is, like Cole Cole Wilcox was never the piece that held up that deal. I think that he made a strong offer. I think he really told everybody they could have the top whoever they wanted, with Gore included, for some of these top arms. And Wilcox was never gonna make or break that deal. He could still package Mackenzie Gore, Kyle Wolf. Um, you know, depending on how people really end up feeling about a guy like Will Ward and some other pieces, and he can go get a big guy. Uh, Mitch tends to pull things off. He's not afraid to deal his young pieces, and a lot of the people tend to hoard them. So if he wants to next year, let one of these guys walk um, or do something crazy, I guess, and try to deal one of them, he'll, he'll go do it. Mitch can pull some off with the pieces he has left. This morning, uh, this is what I was thinking about earlier. We we were talking about Mitch's trade this morning of uh, Craig Kimbrell bringing being brought over from uh, the White Sox. After uh, we got off the air earlier today, I had a chance to talk to a source within the Blue Jays organization and asked about what we were talking about the bullpen bullpen usage layout framework moving forward. And I was told that as of now, there will not be a closer. There is going to be a dual stopper role with Jordan Walden and Roldis Chapman with four guys capable of holding the setup role being Walden, Kimbrell, Tejada, and, and Chapman. Claus Bongers will be slotted more into both the middle innings and or the uh, long relief with specialists being Venters and Gabriel Flores. So as of now, Mitch is taking your advice and rolling without a closer. Um, there was speculation that Come playoff time, that could change if one of these players performs really well, maybe in the ninth inning. But uh, as of now, no closer in Toronto. I think it's the right move. I mean, Hines, you weren't here earlier. Welcome to the, to the group when we talked about this. You know, me and me and Anonymous here went down the line pretty deep on that. What, what's your take here? On, I'm just catching up here. So on the Blue Jays bullpen situation that we're yeah. we're talking about. Correct. Are there too many closers? Will these guys fit in? How, how do you see uh, – Mitch, Mitch, we just said no closers in Mitch's uh, eyes. Do you think that's the right move? Uh, I'm a traditionalist, you know, and as the former GM Jordan Walden, I'm pretty partial to, to letting him have the gig, but he, you know, he hasn't really held up his end of the bargain, that's for sure. I think he's probably smart do multiple stoppers by committee for a while. But I don't think I'd want to roll into important games in October with that as a plan. I'd look to say, okay, we're going to take 45 games here, figure out what we got, and then lock someone in for the last half of September and on into the playoffs. Because uh, it can get a little dicey if you leave too much up to chance. And when the manager feels like playing who? It's going to be interesting. And uh... – Speaking of two teams on the opposite side of the spectrum of Mitch, uh, and I'm going to go to you, John, because we'll, we'll get to Brenton's take on this after because it involves his Atlanta Braves today. The uh, Oakland A's yesterday made a splash bringing in Zach Reinke. Today they made a bigger splash, and they traded away Taylor Sparks, a player that I think 
The Braves were Braves have been after a while. The Tigers had been rumored to be after a long time in a trade that sent James Tate, Byron Buxton, and James Serrano from Atlanta to Oakland for Taylor Sparks and Tracy Mass. Let's start with you – know, you can start with either side of this. Uh, does it, is this a trade that works for one team, both teams, no teams? Uh, good trade, bad trade. What's your take? Uh, I like this one. I think it's pretty even. I knew, uh, knew about it a few minutes before it went down, let's say. Um, and, you know, Brenton reached out, saw what I thought about it. I, I think it's pretty even, you know. Um, I was telling him it really depends on when the Braves are looking to be competitive again. And I was saying, okay, well, you know, if you're really starting to think of 2021, you're going to be some sort of factor. Well, then you do that trade. and It's a great trade for you because Sparks is ready to go. Um, if it was after that, I'd say, well, then there's really not much need to get Sparks. But I think he's a great player. Um, I think Mass is a quality arm, former, former Ray. I think he's a swing man, really, or someone you look at for a five and dive um, kind of outing. But, I mean, there was a cost. Tate's a really good arm. Uh, Serrano's a really good arm. Buxton, another former Ray. Um, he can be kind of interchangeable. But, um, yeah, I mean, I think it's a relatively even trade. I think they both get what they want. Um, got to love Sparks, though. He's a quality bat, and third base is really hard to come by. Well, speaking of that, Brenton, he's a third, Taylor Sparks is traditionally a third baseman. Marvin Grunn is still in Atlanta. Taylor Sparks' concern in Oakland was his defense. Will he be a third baseman in Atlanta, or is he moving to first base? I plan to try him at a couple different places this year. I, I think I have realized uh, this year that there's a couple dudes that can play in different positions where I really need them. Uh, a guy like George Lunn, uh, if you look at his ratings, is actually a spectacular second base option. So I'm going to put him at second base in the spring, give him a shot there. Marvin Grun can actually play uh, the corner outfield positions decently. Uh, he's not going to be spectacular, but with the guy taking over in center, either Jamie Vega or in the short term, Ryan Bolt, uh, to make up the ground to cover to the corners, I think that Grun can move to a corner outfield piece. Um, and if one of them can't last, yeah, moving to first isn't the worst thing. You know, Ronald Stanton is set up at first base right now, but again, he could play a corner outfield as well. The, the defense is a concern for me, but Grun has actually played really shitty defense at third base. So moving to a guy like Taylor Sparks is not going to hurt me a lot. I think adding his bat is something that my team desperately friggin' needs. You know, with two guys like Stanton and um, Sparks in the lineup now, I have legitimate power threats to surround Brendan Rodgers with, and the poor kid doesn't have to try to carry the team by himself. So there's a couple different things. I, I think I'm going to give him a shot at a bunch of places, and spring's going to be very interesting in Atlanta where I give these guys run in a couple positions as if I'm the Seattle Mariners and see how they develop. John, did make you the say, point. Did you – Time out. Did you say George one can play second base? Yes, he can't now. But if you look at his ratings, uh, he can play a passable second base. I don't know about that. I guess I don't know. <laughs> we'll see. That's all I'm say. I don't know. Uh, tr Tracy Mass, thirty appearances, fifteen starts, bullpen or rotation for you? I am going to give him a shot in the rotation. I think. I love his pitches, right? They're not quite what James Tate's was, obviously. I love James Tate's stuff, but uh, I think it's pronounced Moss. It may just be because I had a kid that worked for me named Cody Moss one, at one point, but um, I love oh, his. Yeah, okay, you look right. You're, you're right. Yeah, I love his control. Um, I love the fact that he, he does throw four good pitches, including a good changeup. And I think the way that I have structured my bullpen this year, um, intentionally did not have to have my guys go deep. And with a lot of young arms coming up, which is why the loss of James Serrano hurt so bad, he can be, to Hines' point, a five-and-done guy. 
And if he gives me five good innings, gives up a run or two every time out, I'm totally fine with that, with the amount of young, talented arms I'm going to try to put in this pen next year. So I will try him in that four or five hole uh, for a starter and try to just make him be a five innings and then give it to the bullpen kind of guy. If it doesn't work, I think he'll be fantastic in the bullpen. So we'll see where he ends up. We'll get to Oakland's side of things here in a second. But but losing James Tate, I think – James Tate's very good. Yep. What I think people maybe don't understand is the Braves look like they have a lot of guys that are coming up here in the next year or so. so just some names I want to see if they have any chance of coming up this year. Riley Pint this year, any chance? Yeah. I mean, I think there's a really good chance he comes in, gets a shot in the uh, bullpen probably this year. But he'll probably get a shot. And then just quickly looking, uh, you might want to fire your Mississippi Braves manager because Carter Parker has thrown – started two games in the last five days. Yeah. Like less than the last of the five days. That's so actually let's get a new fault. manager out there. That happened during the resim because during the resim I lost two starters somehow from that game. I lost starter at every level, and I had to, to pull up 14 dudes across the board, and I couldn't pull anybody up that hadn't started that deserved to start in double-A. So he got another shot. But, yes, he may get fired anyway because my bullpen. <laughs> okay. That's fair. So the other side of this comes in uh, Scott in Oakland. Uh He's all in on the idea that pitching is the way to succeed with Oakland. And the belief appears to be that this can work as soon as next season. Is Scott on to something or is Scott crazy? He's absolutely crazy. But he did go get Juan Francisco to take over at third base, who was basically just a bat, an older version of Taylor Sparks. So he, he went and bought back in on the bat. But you're right. He thinks it's pitching and pitching and pitching. And to, between you and I, he's crazy. I mean, John, uh, we, I mean, we, Brenton and I were talking this morning. They're 28 and a half games out of first place. They're eight games out of fourth place. What's the future like in Oakland? I mean, I think, you know, you hate to see Scott come in there and kind of fall into the same trap. I don't think next year is going to be the year. But eventually there's going to be cracks in the armor in that AL West push. You know, I mean, I don't think it's going to turn around that quick. I think pitching is always the way to go. Um, because if you're going to have a shot, you got to have the arms. But I think it's crazy thinking there's going to be a substantial gain in the standings anytime in the next 15 months. I mean, it's, I it's no, go ahead, Brenton. I'm sorry. As much of a focus as there's been, like, I don't even know. I love, first of all, I love that his entire rotation is built off former Braves. Um, I love Walker Bueller, right? The dude's a spectacular, spectacular arm. I love James Tate, obviously, great number two. Um, Lucas Giolito is interesting, but I've already heard from, from him and from a couple people, like he ain't going to resign Lucas Giolito. So let's, or he, he's not in the long-term plan. So let's say Giolito has gone, right? That makes you three Shelby Miller, another former brave, like, okay, he's all right, but he's not a uh, angels beater. Then you drop down to Joe Austin. Okay. All right. But like, again, not an angels beater. So we could talk about the pitching focus for the A's all we want. It's really one, two, and then, Eh. And even 1-2 is not good enough to beat the Mariners 1-2, which is not an old 1-2. So his focus on pitching is fine, and I agree these guys are good. The bullpen is still not where it needs to be to be competitive here, and the bats just aren't there. Faustini is going to be good. He's not a franchise changer. Dylan Carlson is going to be good. He's not a franchise changer. Paul Bailey, I don't have faith that this dude can come up and be the bat that everybody thinks he is. Francisco Gonzalez is gone. Jazz Chisholm will be interesting. Where's the impact? And that's what my question is, and I don't think it's there. 
what's going to be interesting is, as you pointed out, if Lucas Giolito is not re-signed and if that's now out there a year from now, or this off, as soon as this, this offseason, there's going to be talk of trading him. Does he now go get prospects and rebuild the farm system that he just traded, or does he get big league players? And if he gets big big league players, how do you get equal value from another team that wants a big league player? There's always complications there. Moving on, we, we do have some breaking news, according to an insider. The Cleveland Indians have found a buyer for Michael Pineda. This might be surprising to some, but it might not be surprising when the details unravel. Uh, because Michael Pineda, it is, it's Michael, not Miguel, right? I have the bright Pineda? Yes, sir. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, Michael Pineda, who's struggling this year in the Cleveland bullpen, will be headed to the New York Yankees, it looks like, in exchange for Tommy Joseph and a pitcher. More details still to come, but that's what I've been told as of now. Um, Rhett, Rhett, um, what are we doing? Let's just, let's just start there. What are the Yankees doing? Um, first off, as we, as we talked about earlier today, they, there are only 26 players on the roster. Uh, I, don't, I, don't, I mean, I guess moving Tommy Joseph and potentially a major league pitcher opens that up, but – Michael, uh, anyone have the financials of this? Uh, quickly, Michael Pineda. Yeah, I don't think. Signed, he makes um, a lot. $18 million makes- next year, 19, 24, and 22 million through 2024, an option after 2021. Uh, and again, struggling this year, a 5.79 ERA and 73 innings pitch, a high strikeout rate, but given up a ton of home runs uh, for the Indians. Tommy Joseph, as we kind of alluded to this morning, maybe was going to be squeezed out of playing time with Sanchez, uh, between Sanchez, Arai, Goldschmidt, Cespedes. Maybe there, there was no room for him, but he, he had 20 home runs, was hitting 290 with an on-base percentage of 340, a war that was at three and nearly three and a half. A big contract in his own right, signed to an extension uh, through 2025 at $94 million. But does this trade make sense for uh, either side? with the little details we know? I mean, I, I think it makes sense for the Indians. You know, I think if they're they're getting the starting quality catcher like Joseph out of the deal, that makes any potential upside that Pineda could bring turn around worth moving them. You know, I mean, I think the Yankees are taking another big, giant gamble, you know, and that's a lot of dollars to gamble with. Tommy Joseph makes $20 million in 2023 and 2024. And he has a player option for twenty million in twenty twenty five. He just signed a. He just had a uh, extension signed. So well, here's here's my other question. To you with that? Where is he going to play? John mentioned catcher, but Chris Chris Betts hasn't given up yeah. his spot behind the plate. I love this. Uh, Rodrigo Espinosa is having a fine year at DH, and Keon Barnum at first place. And that's the Indians' three, four, five hitters. Can Tommy I, Joseph really crack the lineup? No, I, I wouldn't think so. You know, this this is one of those things that it doesn't make sense. Again, nothing with the Yankees in that sense. I mean, I, I actually looked through it the other day, like earlier today after we talked. I kind of dig their lineup. Like, it's old. It's power heavy. It's kind of fun, though. Like, it, I was thinking about trying to be a pitcher facing the Yankees. It's terrifying. Um, but to your – And the rotation the rotation isn't bad. The one, two, three – it's the bullpen. Yeah. Their games are going to be high scoring and fun. But they did just add Michael Pineda, who maybe a change of scenery helps. They, I told you they took Matt – Brian Matsu's from the Braves, who was not in a great year, but like is a, a ground ball guy, left-hander who could be good, right? They went out and grabbed a couple other. They just added another bullpen, two other bullpen pieces, actually, if I'm not mistaken. They added like three, four bullpen pieces this afternoon. Um, they they went out and addressed it. 
I guess. So Steve Graham, who's a oh goddamn a knuckleballer in Yankee Park. Oh, that's gonna be a disaster. But I mean, they're trying, <laughs> right? Like, yeah, it's gonna be high scoring. It's gonna be fucking fun, though. Um, but the Indians, I have no idea why you go get a guy like him. I, I think he can get enough at bat for him. He, he's, you know, he's a good righty bat. Betts lefty. Um, Barnum's a lefty. You know, I think you can get him enough starts against lefties that he's not going to be terrible, and then he's a good pinch hit bat if he needs he need power late. You know, I mean, it's better than spending the money on Pineda to pitch the sixth inning of a 9-3 game. The one trade that I think is interesting that the Yankees pulled off today isn't for this year, but it's for next year. And uh, a former Ray, Michael Fulmer, who had a good start to the year in Tampa, a poor stretch in Chicago before tearing uh, his elbow. Only cost him Paul Arrington. Um, not much to talk about there with it really being a trade for next year. So moving on to the next one, uh, do we want to talk a, on Nate Hull of the Rockies being shipped to the Padres for Clark Schmidt? Any, anything there? Well, thanks. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, that brings us to, you just mentioned Steve Graham, a knuckleballer to New York for Raul Dominguez. Anything? I mean, he's a terrible character guy. He's at a high ERA and he's going to throw a bunch of knuckleballs in Yankee Stadium. I, I told you guys, I grew up a Red Sox fan. I have nightmares to this day of Aaron Boone hitting a, a walk-off home run in the playoffs against Tim Wakefield in like the 11th inning. I'll never, ever want to see a knuckleballer throw, throw pitches in, in New York. Never. It's going to be interesting because he doesn't have the movement that Steve White has. He doesn't have the yeah. secondary pitches that Steve White has. Steve White has the knuckleball, but he's got more. Steve Graham is a one-pitch pony, and it's not just this year. It's his whole career. He just gets lit up basically yeah. in I, every game. I I looked at him briefly. I was like, you know what? It might be fun to have a knuckleballer, you know? Uh, why not? And then I was like, yeah, no, that doesn't look like a whole lot of fun. So I'm good. This next trade was an interesting one because it brought Rocky out of his uh, cave he had been living in here this season where the Dodgers or the Dodgers traded Mark Rzymski, uh the injured Mark Rzymski, to the Twins for a prospect. Why are uh, the Twins bringing on a veteran relief pitcher? Anyone can figure that one out for me? I, I don't get it. I don't get it at all. You know. I don't understand. It makes sense. There are a couple of these where I just don't understand. If he thinks that his team can compete next year, then I guess it makes sense, right? If you think this is all bad luck, we've seen it, um, then I guess it makes sense. But I don't believe Hold on. I'm sorry, sorry to interrupt you. It actually makes even less sense the more I look at this. It makes <laughs> zero sense. I'm sorry. Mark Krasinski, his vesting option is if he finishes 50 games for this season – He's not finishing 50 games. He's going to pitch zero games on this contract unless the Twins re-sign him. So the Twins just gave up away, gave away a prospect that now they have to re-sign an injured player for. Yeah, that's I don't I don't get it. That's a weird one. You know, I mean, I think it's, you're better off if you really like Radzinski, you just say, all right, I'll just sign him as a free agent, keep Bill Sheehan. I don't even know who that is, and you know, if I don't get him, oh well. Yeah, this, 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 yeah, this isn't about Bill. This just makes no sense. Rebzinski's out. He's back in three weeks. But yeah, I agree. This is a head scratcher. I mean, he he's not going to get fifty out. No. Yeah. Look, I'm sorry, Rocky. That one. I don't know. Moving on. Uh, I I didn't see this one until just now. The Rangers. Uh, Rangers have been busy today. 
They traded away third baseman prospect Jonathan Urseg to the Red Sox for Daniel Hudson and a boatload of cash. Uh, is Daniel Hudson the type of pitcher that can help out a Rangers team that seems to have the mystery bullpen woes uh, that the Mariners at times have? What are they going to do with that cash? Pay Daniel Hudson for this year. That's yeah. Um, no. He's a good pitcher. I mean, he's good enough. He does have a $14 million player option, so, like, that's still some money next year. He has kept the ball in play under a home run per nine in Fenway, so maybe you like that down in Arlington, but, like, big pitchers don't exactly fare well in the Texas heat. So, without that sinking action, he doesn't have a sinker. He's not a ground ball guy. I expect him to stay right around where he is, 4.5. I fours for the ERA in Texas. It's not a high price to pay for the guy, but you know, it's, it's nothing to write home about. What yeah. is interesting is he spent time both in the rotation and the bullpen. He's had basically the same success in both. He strikes out a few more batters out of the bullpen. Interesting piece. I mean, not a game changer, but someone that can help. Yeah. The next trade uh, was a bigger trade for the Rangers a team that for the last week or so had been out on a hunt for a middle infielder. And they found that in the Philadelphia Phillies, Juan Hidalgo. The cost was a pair of pitching prospects, Hans Cruz and Kevin Flemmer. Uh, Juan Hidalgo, difference maker. Can he help the Rangers get into the playoffs? I think so. I mean, I think he's a legit hitter, you know. I haven't looked and see exactly where he fits in the lineup, but the dude hits, that's for sure, you know. Um, I haven't looked at the prospects either, but, I mean, I think that's the kind of thing you do, you know. And I'm, The Rangers are trying to scrap and get past a couple teams and get in there. Yeah, you pick up anybody who can play, and you figure it out later. What's it? interesting oh, – go ahead, go ahead. No, where he plays is interesting, right? Because Arturo Moreno is the second baseman down in Texas, and that dude's an all-star. He's a, he's a stud, right? So I guess you assume Hidalgo can shift to short to take over for Brandon Crawford, who's not having – he was having a good season-ish in Tampa before he came over, right? Is, is that the thought? Or do you think he's just picking up Hidalgo as insurance? I, I think he's got to be for, for Crawford. Crawford's only there because he wanted to get rid of the money he owed Cosma. Um, so I was like, well, I could take Cosma and, and you can have Mike shortstop who, you know, I don't care about. The dog was a shitty kid, but he's going to be a terrible shortstop. Well, you put Moreno to short and Hidalgo at second. Moreno doesn't have the arm to play short, I don't think. Uh, he's be- I mean, you're right, he's better. Yeah. He would have to be the option, but his arm's not great. I guess not that Texas is driving a lot of ground balls, but their pitching's been good for how bad it historically is. Um, you know, do you take the hit on defense? I guess you just deal with it. Uh, maybe, that's, maybe that's a thought because you can't take Silverio out of the lineup. I like what he does. Maybe you put him in the outfield. I don't know. There's there's some questions to be out here, but I, I, it's a good bat to pick up. You're never going to have too many bats in Texas during this this run, so it, I don't think it's a problem. Not not to hate on uh, Aiden and Rhett here for a second, but a, a trade – that trade maybe didn't make sense. This is a trade that makes sense for both sides. Juan Hidalgo – is set to make $17 million in arbitration next year for a Phillies team that still wasn't probably going to win a division. Uh, a player that was blocking Luis Urias, a player that may have been non-tendered at the end of the season. To pick up a pair of prospects, Hans Cruz, a electric arm, 
and Kevin Flummer, someone that could slide into their bullpen potentially tomorrow. I think it's a trade that makes perfect sense for, for both teams. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. For, the, for, for Philly, I like it a lot, especially if they, they make Cruz into a, a reliever. I think he's, he'd, he'd be best out of the pen. I think ultimately dude throws hard 98, you know, um, two power pitches. I think he could be just like, you could drop him in for your eighth inning, ninth inning done for a while. I think he, they got a really good return. Uh, yeah. Uh, the next trade we've, we've discussed this player now a couple times, Brian Mattis going to New York, uh, Claudio Santos, Carlos Zambrano, Carlos Zambrano. Is that a Carlos Zambrano Jr. Going back to Atlanta. Uh, give me the uh, lowdown on Brian Mattis. How's he been this season? Not great. Um, he was, he was a, sorry, did you ask me or Hines? I'm sorry. I might've just jumped in. Well, he, he, he came from Atlanta. Oh, so we'll yeah. start with you. Yeah, I thought so. Uh, he's, he's pitching to the tune of a just under six ERA even though he's going to get a 250 Babbitt, like the guy has struggled to be fair. I bounced him. Well, I hadn't even bounced him between the starting lineup and, and the um, rotation. I just, he was, a, he was a cash throw in from Chicago in a trade we made earlier in uh, at the end of last year. He was never going to be long-term here. I have to pay his salary for this year next, but it was good to get him out of the bullpen to get some of these younger guys called up and to get a couple of prospects. I like Claudio Santos. He's actually a one-time top prospect in my system way, way back in the day. Um, and I have always liked Carlos Zambrano. He's 17. I wish I could keep him in international complex, but I'll throw him in rookie ball for a couple of years and see what he turns into. Is that, is that Miguel Zambrano that you actually acquired? Is I'm that the guy's name from New York? <laughs> yeah. You might want to yeah. fix that just so it just doesn't get messed up or something. Yeah, that's, uh, that's going to need to be fixed. It's whoever the yeah. kid is. You're right. It's Miguel Zambrano. My bad. Thank you for the news. <laughs> oh, yeah. No worries. I just didn't want to see, like, you know, 430 come around and Matt's like, yeah, sorry, there's no Carlos Zambrano. You're out of line. That is absolutely <laughs> Zambrano. <laughs> What's going to happen here in the last 25 minutes or so? Um, the Mariners got an arm. The Mariners have acquired Al Albuquerque from the White Sox in exchange for Gonzalo Garza. Can't say I know much about Gonzalo Garza. Al Albuquerque, a veteran relief pitcher, uh, has spent most of the season at Triple-A uh, for both the Albuquerque and Iowa, uh, came over from Colorado. Hasn't pitched a ton, only 20 innings this year. He's wild, but uh, he's got a terrific splitter. Still throws 95-96. I don't think he's what Seattle's been after. Can, can Seattle go get the relief pitcher that they really covet between now and the deadline? No, not possible. Jose isn't going to pay. That's been the consensus that I have heard throughout the day that, uh, yeah, they, they just aren't willing to pay. Yeah. yeah. I mean, hey, you're in first place by a dozen games or whatever. You know, I mean, I get it. Not my strategy, but I don't get to run the Mariners, too. Um. Who else leaves us? Who else has been on the block? Who else? Um, we were talking about it this morning, Brenton. Anthony Rizzo is still an Oriole. Marcus Stroman is still an Oriole. Oriole. What's happening? Drew uh, not going to move those guys? Rizzo's not. I don't think he's even had talks. I don't think he's had a single phone call about Anthony Rizzo. I don't understand that at all. Um, this, this league is so heavily predicated on ratings over stats that I think somebody like Anthony Rizzo – is gone. And actually, I'm as guilty of it as well. If you look at my AAA team right now, why, why is Scott Milligan not 
in like the dude, what is he? Again, I don't want to make this about me, but he's nine and six with a one seven five ERA across a bunch of innings in AAA, 123 innings. He should be pitching for my major league team, but I don't like his control rating at 50, so I don't have him called up, right? That's what's going on with a guy like Anthony Rizzo. His, his ratings aren't great, so nobody's even called. I do know he's actively working on Marcus Stroman, but I think his trade partner that he was targeting there just got another arm that he uh, will not need Stroman anymore. He just threw Michael Toglia onto the block. Transparently, Toglia is involved in a trade with the Atlanta Braves. That I was trying to get Michael Taglia from him, uh, and and he told me no, and I knew he was dicking with me. And then of course he throws him on the block, and so I wouldn't imagine. I think he's freaking out. I think Baltimore is totally paralyzed by overanalyzing everything and doesn't end up pulling any deals, which is a bummer. The team that I, think... I one thing go, I would go agree, ahead. there's no reason for for Rizzo to be be an Oriole path today. And if I were the Orioles, I would be moving him for any decent prospect with much of a heartbeat. There's just, you're not going to resign him. I think he's a really good piece. I think he's a really good bat, but yeah, like Brenton said, for some reason, I don't know, the contact's a little low, scares people off or something, but he's got the power. With a team we talked about a week or so ago with Rizzo that I, I still don't get why he it hasn't been acquired by them yet is the Pittsburgh Pirates. Send some low, low level prospect, get Anthony Rizzo, send Tyler Moore to the bench, and you have a chance to compete in the NL Central the rest of the way. It's uh, prospect enamoration. It's, well, look at those shiny potential ratings. Surely they'll get there, and then I will be wishing I had them, when realistically that's probably one of the unlikeliest things that's going to happen. So, you, you know, you play your hand you got and make a move. The, the term prospect even gets, gets thrown away too much. Yeah. Uh, the two other teams that, that are worth mentioning that I don't think we've talked about at all today, the New York Mets, Kyle Rodat's injury the other day, rumored to be in the Michael Hicks sweepstakes before pulling out of the Michael Hicks sweepstakes. Do the Mets find a bullpen arm between now and, four, and 730? I don't think so, given what I was offered for Hicks. At least not one that's impacted. You know, it was a brief discussion. And what he wanted to send was not really close to what the Brewers were offering. And I mean, if he's looking names he was bending about, I don't think we'll get him as good of a relief pitcher as he ideally wants to get. And then the other team that that we haven't mentioned today, a team that was trying very, very hard to get John Lester, a team that thought they had John Lester until John Lester said, I don't want to play for you. That being the Arizona Diamondbacks. Do the diamond? Eddie's been doing everything here the last couple couple days. Does Arizona have any more moves up their sleeves? I actually have no insight into what the Diamondbacks are doing right now. I I, I think we talked about this earlier. I like what they've done. I think they've done enough. They've done enough to keep Eddie back. I don't know. I think they've done to make, enough to make the wild card in the National League for sure and secure themselves a playoff spot. But would I like to see them maybe? Hold on, hold on. Sorry to interrupt you. We've got a big trade. We we have a trade that just happened. Uh, and I'll give you one. If, don't look at the form. I'll give you one guess who made it. Two guesses who made it. Eddie. Rather, rather a, a guess at the two teams. You've already seen it. So, Brenton, who, who, who made a big trade here at the deadline? Uh, have they made a trade yet today? Oh yeah, uh, the Yankees. <laughs> the Yankee, the Yankees are involved. Who were who the Yankees traded with? Mitch. Uh, close. The other team that trades everyone. 
That's usually me. So uh, I don't know, Detroit. Right, too. <laughs> Eddie, the Colorado Rockies and New York Yankees have a last-minute deal. I said Eddie first. You said Mitch first. No, I said Eddie. I said Eddie before we got to New York. Oh, okay. So, yes, yes. Uh-huh. The Rockies and Yankees. Uh, Orlando Garcia, Santiago Mateo going from Colorado to New York in exchange for John Ballard, Henry Harris, Brock Young, who was just acquired, and Yadier Alvarez. John Ballard uh, also just acquired. Have you had a chance to look at this at all, John? Because I need to look at this for a second. Orlando Garcia has struggled so far, uh, really all season long for the Rockies. And uh, while he's been, again, another another perfect example, Brenton, of a player with terrific ratings and not much production, an ERA of basically five traditionally most of the last four years. Um, will slide, I think, into the Yankees' bullpen. Santiago Mateo. I mean, your traditional Yankee bat, a, a power, powerful bat, not a ton of contact. Uh, and what did it cost him again? It cost him, cost him a boatload. John Ballard, who they just acquired, uh, who was versatile and could play – a couple, a couple different positions uh, for the Yankees. They acquired him in, from Kansas City. Henry Harris, I can't say I know Henry Harris. Henry Harris has had a down year, similar to uh, Orlando Garcia. Uh, just absolutely no control, uh, but a lights-out fastball, change-up curveball combo, hits 101 on the radar gun. Brock Young, who they just acquired from Minnesota days ago, similarly a 98-mile-an-hour fastball, Little big league experience before this year. 17 innings with the Twins had yet to play pitch for the Yankees. And Alvarez, is this a a trade again, a trade that happened for the sake of making a trade, or is this a trade that can help one or both sides? I don't know who's on the damn team anymore. I I have no idea who's in New York, so it's tough to tell. (laughs) And let's take it from the Colorado side. Does this trade help Colorado? Where? Why do they need these guys? Sorry, I got disconnected. But yeah, I don't. I don't quite get it, like, at all. Wait, the Yankees and the Indians made a trade? Yeah, the Michael Pineda, Tommy Joseph trade. Oh, that's the one. Okay, they did. They both. Um, that was another one. The, what part of this trade makes the least sense to you, John? I mean, I just don't get the point. Usually I'm at least, you know, when I see a trade, I can be like, oh, okay, so that's what they're trying to do, you know. I mean, unless there's another shoe to drop, I don't get swapping out Garcia for these other relievers. I mean, I guess they might be – I mean, I guess there's money involved, and, you know, Brett or Rhett has no problem taking on money. So I guess from the Rocky standpoint, they're just like, hey, we'll take these cheaper guys who are as good as the guy we're giving up. But I don't know. Might be trading just to trade, which can happen. I mean, I, all. Okay, I, take, taking this back, I, I do take back a little bit of what I said. Orlando Garcia, well, his ERA, he's still being hit. He at least has terrific control, whereas Henry Harris has absolutely no control. So I could see Orlando Garcia playing a prominent role in the Yankees bullpen that has now been decimated. Now we haven't ignored the Yankees trade. Who knows? Maybe the Tommy Joseph trade has fallen apart. We do not know there. Um, but yeah, John Ballard. Trading away Brock Young, who was brought in just days ago. The ignore um, was they put they both posted it. New York and Cleveland posted it at the same time. Okay, 
So, so that trade has happened. Who is Santiago Mateo? Am I thinking of somebody else? I, I really, I might be thinking of somebody else. Actually, no, I like him as a bat for their, their team. I mean, that's, that's what the Yankees are getting, right? Another power bat. I've never been a big John Ballard guy. I don't know why if you're the Rockies, you'd want two toss-offs from the Yankees bullpen that they're trying to totally remake. And also, he's been trying to deal bull- – didn't he just deal bullpen arms because he was trying to get rid of them? Or Orlando Garcia, he's talking to everybody. He brought two more arms back in. I, I just don't – I like, stuff to, to question Eddie. I just don't get that one. The only it's reason I have it – the only reason I see it is Orlando Garcia's contract the rest of the way. $6 million next year, 7 and a half in 22 and 23. That could be the only reason that Eddie was – in my opinion, looking to get rid of him. Because otherwise, this trade, I just don't get it. Yeah, I'm with you. Um, I do have it on decent authority that Stroman is close to leaving Baltimore. And actually, the two teams have been acquired on Rizzo in the last couple minutes. I would put a guess, and I don't know anything, that Stroman and Arizona are a potential match. I, I think losing on John Lester was a big thing for Arizona. And, and I think the need at the last minute, as active as Eddie has been, is real. And and if he's available and if that price comes down, I think Marcus Stroman and Arizona is what's happening. Again, that is with zero inside knowledge. Yeah. I can tell you he that, – that, that makes sense. Yeah. he uh, Arizona may have just shot an inquiry over on uh, – Allard. Just, Why are, oh, I'm sorry. I, I, I love everyone who gives me insight. I do. Everyone, it, it is tremendous insight to everything. That said, and, and if you don't ask, you end up being bit. I, I get that. But both of you now, if, if someone has really offered you a trade for Colby Allard, why are the Braves trading Colby Allard? Oh, it would not. make zero sense. Well, I know, no. Why would the Tampa Bay Rays entertain an offer for Hunter Johnson? I mean, come, in my world, come no to one's rebuilding teams. Not, yeah, I mean, again, there's, but it, you, I, I don't know. I, to me, those are wasted times. I don't, but, if, if I can get, you know, Hunter Johnson, who's, you know, in single A instead of triple A, and also get, which was this offer, it was another two valuable prospects it might be worth my while to at least think about it i'm not doing it obviously or I oh, no 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 talking to you guys. so 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 i wasn't so much not why wouldn't you do it but the asking price if you in order to get a highly regarded prospect and if on a rebuilding team you have to give even more highly regarded prospects but the team that is giving highly regarded prospects then why are they trying to acquire a prospect that's more my my time frame with some of these prospect for prospect trades that just i well, don't it's, have a it's, it's timing. I'd say the GM who wanted Hunter Johnson, it isn't for this year. It's for next year. So he thinks I can bring in a guy who's making the league minimum in the next three years, plug him right That's into fair. my rotation, rather than wait for the guy who's going to come up in 2023. That is fair. Uh, what time is it? Let's go. It is 4, 721. 421 out west, 721 out east. Uh, we're now under nine minutes. We how many trades there do we have more? between – how many uh, – yeah, that's what I was about to ask. How many trades do we have between now and the end? I would say two are coming out of Baltimore, I think. I think there was a misunderstanding on what he could do with salaries. I think he's going to end up dealing both Stroman and Rizzo here at the end. 
I know that there's talks in Detroit currently, and this one won't be posted until after the deadline, I wouldn't imagine, so I feel comfortable discussing some of the, the details. That, that I'm not going to go too specific, but there are talks for Detroit to move recently acquired Jose Abreu again. He was done. He's back. Um, I don't know. Could the Angels be involved there? There was talk of them looking for a designated hitter. Could Jose Abreu be going to L.A.? Um, that is not the destination I have been leaked at this point. The other uh, name that, that you would have good access and knowledge on, uh, Porter Curran, was on the block here the last couple of weeks. Has there is there any progress there? Or is he staying a break uh, through the end of the season? He, like I said, Baltimore was the the destination I thought he was going to end up out there. Actually, I guess I can just it was going to be basically Porter Curran for Michael Toglia, which where we were kind of landing. Um, this is prior to me moving, um, you know, uh, James Tate, obviously, but I think we were looking at something along the lines of he needs a left-handed arm and a young guy, uh, and I needed some power at the time. I really like Togley as, as a, I think he's ready now, honestly, as, as a corner outfielder. Uh, that has since taken a huge backseat. He, um, is taking, he's very focused on the other deal. So I don't think he gets, he gets dealt. There was just an offer that came in from another American League team that I'm currently looking at. Uh, and trying to stay relevant in this conversation, but I don't think it's enough to make this move. Does everyone has everyone replied to every trade today? Let's just quickly take a look at that. Make sure uh, no one's going to fall blunder here at the deadline. It looks like everyone has replied. Still mashing that refresh button to see if we get anything. The uh, the source sources have gone dry here the last half an hour. I think everyone is working uh, overtime uh, in their own private messages. So I have, I have no inside knowledge here in the final five minutes or so. I've got one. I'm checking out. I'm seeing – I have uh, someone asking for my opinion on a trade. I'm not ready to break it, though. I don't know if it's going to actually happen. Uh, I'm going to tell them not to Every, do it. Everyone has sources these days. <laughs> um, again, quickly look around the league. Who is available that maybe – needs to be moved that hasn't been moved trade block central marcus stroman the the red sox still have dominic brown uh could how much money would it take for the red sox to retain dominic brown for him to be moved all of it yeah let me tell you as somebody who's been trying to move money all day um it's not an easy task there's uh i could have traded away pete cosmo but i wanted to retain i think it was 95 percent for a flyer so yeah, I don't think that's going to happen. Looking at Boston, Dominic Brown sit to he's making twenty-seven and a half million this year. Uh, maybe eight million dollars left on that deal. Jesus Montero, a twelve million dollar free agent to be. The problem is he's a DH, and I don't think anyone in the American League contending has any room for a DH. So I don't think he's going anywhere. Um, Brett, there's a player that's actually surprised me that hasn't been moved, and that's Brett Nicholas. I don't know what the asking price is from Tampa. Uh, I think we have someone that can answer that for us. Uh, has there been much ser any serious talk on his name here in the last uh, day or week? Crickets, and I, I don't get it to the point where I've just stopped. Said, all right, well, he's going to be my catcher next year again. Then I guess I don't know if people don't realize they can just non-tender him and they won't have to pay him eleven million dollars next year. Or, but I mean, as far as just a bad, even if you don't like him as a catcher, he'd probably be a good DH for a lot of teams. I mean, especially against righties, the dude gets on base and hits homers. I don't really understand it. And I'm not asking for a ton because I want to free up playing time. But it just yeah, didn't that, happen. That, that's one that I, I've struggled with. Same with uh, same with Bill Lowe. 
wasn't Bill Lowe leading the uh, National League in RBIs for a while? Uh, he might still be. I think he, yeah, he is. He's got a five RBI lead. Uh, and you're telling me no team could use that? It's, uh, I think some people, uh, I think it's similar to Rizzo. They can only look towards specific factors of a player and their ratings. And if those aren't, don't check out, they can't think of possibly using them themselves. Let's just wait this out. We got three minutes. Uh, what else is ever on everyone? But let's, let's change it up. We, we've talked about all the trades individually. Which trade has had the biggest impact on a, t- on, a, on a team or a division race or a league title race moving forward? Which trade stands out? Individual trade. Or a group of trades by a team. What team has maybe improved themselves the most? Or, again, biggest impact? It's, it's got to be. Like, I mean, right? I mean, am I crazy here? Is, is that not the one? Like the Angels are, are floundering; they need arms. I think he's the one. We have one more trade to quickly break here. The Cubs have sent Julio Tehran 100% retention to the Rangers for three, uh, two minor leaguers, and Simone Castro, Kelly Koch, and Sam Bordner going to Chicago. The reliever trade train continues outside of Chicago. What the hell? I, I wait. The Yankees got the Yankees got Todd Howard. Was yeah, that that, that deal. But yeah, that's the one. The Pineda trade. I didn't know which starting pitchers were switching for sure, so I didn't want to say it was going to be Howard and McIntosh. I mean, they're about equal. Hold on, value. Okay, I'm McIntosh sorry. a little better now. So, so it's the, the full trade. Miguel Pineda, Todd Howard. You're right. I didn't. We haven't seen this one or talked about this one. Danny Todd Murphy. Howard. He's right. been their their what their number five starter that everyone had been saying needed to be replaced. Yeah, I mean he's yeah because he does struggle, but he's yeah he, he's he's nothing good. Uh, Danny William, can he uh, break the uh, Yankees bullpen? Quick look says no. With an ERA <laughs> at six at Triple A or uh, in Cleveland, he's actually been good at Triple A this year. Not good for Cleveland. Uh, Roger McAfee, didn't they just get him and another player they just got like a day ago? Yeah, he's trade. He's been traded a bunch. Actually, no, it looks like he came to them. No, I'm sorry. Uh, no, he's a long time. Yeah, that's a different. And then Jeffrey McIntosh, who'd been pitching well for the. I'm sorry, Rhett. I love you, Rhett. I don't. I don't get it. Yeah, I still don't. I thought maybe that would make some make me feel differently, but I think I thought Todd Howard was somebody else. <laughs> I like Todd Howard. I think he's better. Than, I don't think he's good for a team looking to make the postseason now. I think he could be a solid starter in the future. We have another trade. We have two more trades at the deadline. Holy crap, they're coming out. Are they uh, going to the get confirmed? The Marlins have traded Vinny Pistano with 50% retention to the Rockies for two minor leaguers. So another bullpen arm to the Rockies. A team, another team that I don't know how they still have roster spots available. The Orioles have sent Marcus Stroman and Cash to the Rangers for Ryan Rolson, Braylon Marquez, and Chris Spencer. So three prospects or minor leaguers to Baltimore. Uh, Abre- Let me bust it. Abreu to the Astros if it gets confirmed. Ooh, there's See. a big one. Uh, That's 430 any, on my of, Any knowledge of the prospects going uh, backwards? Oh, it's uh, Robles and Harlan Carter, it looks like which is a pretty good, fair deal. I don't know if it's going to make the paperwork in time. It's looking like it might not. 
I still show 729. Out here in California, we're showing 430. Oh, no, nope. yeah, made it. It's an annual tradition, right, to have a not confirmed trade. And I think we might actually not have it this year. Has Matt uh, gotten the uh, message up yet? No, I think it's good to go. I see the confirmation. The uh, that's yeah. We we got we got we got nothing left. That uh, that's it. I just got a random fuck message from the Mar the Marlins. I don't know what that's about. <laughs> oh, he just sent me. <laughs> Wait, what just happened? I don't know. Ryan just sent me a message. Just says fuck. Uh, looking at things that we might have missed, lost uh, one trade, it looks like. Oh, it's yeah, we, we, we lost one. We lost one trade. Um, oh, yeah. It looks like Anthony Rizzo uh, is staying in Baltimore. The Cubs acted too late. Wow, 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 wow. So the, the tradition does live on, in fact. Um, so you, the Detroit, Houston, as you pointed out, Jose Abreu to Houston, Victor Robles and Harlan Carter to uh, Detroit. What can you tell me about Victor Robles and Harlan Carter? Robles is pretty good, if I remember correctly. Yeah, he's a legit starting center fielder, you know. I mean, I don't think he's going to be a world beater, but I think he's a guy that's going to be a really good player. I mean, that's actually – that's more than I've seen Houston really want to give up since they got uh, Jose Gonzalez for really anybody. So they must really like what Abreu can do in their lineup. Looking at things, Jose Abreu, first base DH. Um, what is Houston's DH? Is Edgardo Arredondo playing in the outfield or DH? He's DH in these days. The outfield's for George. George Kaiko was a player that was rumored to be on the trade block uh, often here the last week or so. So he is not traded. Abreu lands in um, – this might be far-fetched. I understand that. So tell me I'm crazy immediately, and I'm, I'm okay with that. <laughs> the Houston Astros have won nine games in a row. They've won nine of their last ten. They're only I – mean, only – I mean, there's what? They've played 108 games, so 54 games left. Can they make up seven games and make the playoffs? Or at least get into this race the final week of the season? What's their schedule look like? The, 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 the problem would be a bit of the schedule. They played a decent amount more home games than road games, you know, which is always kind of one thing I look at when it's like, hey, can I make a run here, make a push? Um, they've got – I don't think they can. They've got a brutal stretch. August 20th. Check out this yeah. – check out this run through August. Four against Toronto, three in Seattle – Four against the Angels on the road, host Seattle for three, and then host the Rangers for three. That's like, what, 17 games? I mean, Destiny's in their own hands, but I don't know if they can escape that one. No. Three, six, nine oh, actually, against the Mariners the rest of the way. They have four, seven, nine. So nine against both the Mariners and the Angels. Texas, three, six against Texas. Uh, or against the, the only saving grace is they, they play the teams ahead of them. So if they if yeah. they continue this, and the other side of this is, I mean, we don't know what's going to 
look of the New York Yankees the rest of the way, but let's say the Yankees fall off. The final four, eight, 11 games of the season are against the Orioles, who aren't good, the Yankees, who are question mark, and then the Atlanta Braves, who, what are the Braves going to look like the final three days of the season? I think that's anybody's guess. Fair point. Um, I think there's a chance that this team gets in the playoff race. But as you we'll know out, in about a week and a half, two weeks, we'll know. Well, guys, uh, what's everyone th- – any final final points now that we've passed the trade deadline? I, I, before these trades came flying at us, uh, the question was, who, who, who improved themselves the most? Who, we never got an answer there. So I'm going to put you both back on the spot. Who improved the most? I think, I, I think Brenton was right. He, I'm going to steal his answer from him because he didn't get to finish his thought, but it's the Angels. I think they – they shored up the biggest weakness of any team by getting the two pitchers because they needed them desperately. So I think they, they probably enhanced their odds the best to make the playoffs. I don't know if these, these will, those moves will help them in the playoffs, but as far as making it, they did the best job. Um, who needed to do something that didn't? Seattle Mariners. Yeah, no, well, I really don't think they even needed to do it. The Pirates needed to do something. The Cardinals could have added another piece. Um, no, I mean, I think that's really it. Like, there's nobody else here. The White Sox, I know, wanted to do something. I think they're okay still. I think it really, if you want to look at it, it's the National League Central, that one of those two teams could have just taken ownership. And I think the Cardinals made their move when they brought in Anthony Rendon. The Pirates decided, eh, fuck it, we're not going to counterpunch and just buy into my narrative all year that they suck and shouldn't be in the – fact, they, they sold. So like, they didn't even buy into the fact that they should be part of this. They just bought into it. They're gone. Um, I think that's the team that, to me, is the biggest miss here. Uh, I, think, I think the Mariners and the Mets, they're both probably going to win their division. So they're going to be playing probably the wild card team. I predict one of those loses, if not both, to the wild card team. And then, like I think I said last time, they're like, why didn't – why, why did I keep this top 300 prospect and not improve my chances this year? I think that's going to go through at least one of their minds. You can take that problem. So then, yeah, they're 20 and a half games up on the Phillies. You can take that problem. <laughs> <off>. the <Mets laughs> yeah, but the, if, you lose, if you lose in the division series, who cares if you win the division by 40 games? That's fair. That's fair. What's the most wins in a regular season? Anyone know that? I'll, I'll, while I look that up, I want, I want to hear this then, the final thing before I let you both go. Who wins the World Series? So what is our World Series matchup, and who wins the World Series? Putting you on the spot here on July 31st. I'll let Brent go first, since I stole his last answer. Mariners, Mets, Mariners win. I stand by it. It's what I said earlier in the year. Actually, I changed it because I said Mariners, Rockies earlier on in the year. Uh, I don't know. I, I, th- I think it's Mariners, Mets. I'm I'm feeling underdoggy this year. I don't know. I think. Uh... I think this is the year Mitch at least makes the World Series. I think he takes that star power and navigates the playoffs. Having to likely only face one of the Angels and Mariners, I think he can push through. Um, and the National League, ooh, that's tough. I, I'm, I'm going Rockies. I'm going Rockies. I'm going Blue Jays, Rockies. Diamondbacks is your underdog answer. You want to go, you want to go full underdog. Diamondbacks. No, nah, you get. You, I'm not sold on them yet. I think they're going to be all all of the 2020s. Every other year in the 2020s, we're going to be talking Diamondbacks domination. But I think this year, 
I think it's going to be like, well, that was cool, but they're not going to get that far. The National League high is 107 wins by the San Francisco Giants in 2014, the year the Giants made the World Series and lost uh, in six games to the Mariners. The most wins overall is 109 by last year's Angels team. So that was a win percentage of 673. The uh, Mets, rather, right now have a win percentage of 692. So on pace to be the winningest team in MLB Pro history. But as you pointed out, you don't win a World Series. What does it matter? Um, It's going to be an interesting final few months. Uh, It's going to be an interesting offseason because once the World Series ends, we know there's going to be a trade flurry then. And then we got free agency and all that good stuff. that was an exciting last few days. I appreciate both of you joining me throughout it, uh, giving your insight. Yeah. And as John, John proved, he has his own sources too. So it's not just me. Uh, <laughs> Thanks for letting Brent's me crack the club. You, the guys, Orioles. you guys did it early enough that I could uh, show up and it's fun. I really like it. Yeah, it's always a blast. Uh, I think uh, any final thoughts, I'll, I'll leave, leave the floor to you guys to close things out. Uh, I'm exhausted. I'm, I'm angry. I, I missed out on a couple of deals that I think that, that should have happened. Um, that I literally the second the, the deadline ended, like three teams messaged me like, ah, I should have taken that trade. I was like, you know what? <laughs> like, no, you should have just done it when you when you had it. It's very frustrating. Um, overall, it's as, it's as exciting as it always is. And now we'll experience that weird like week-long lull where the chat's dead and everybody's watching their team and everybody will come back towards the end of it. So um, I'm looking forward to post-World Series baseball. John, final thought? Yeah, and I just say I'm never going to predict that a deadline is going to be slow ever again. I was wrong. That was a big mistake. <laughs> that was a flurry of activity. You know, I didn't get to do too much for it, but, um, you know, I'm excited. I'm excited to see what the last two months bring. I'm bummed out that, yeah, we're not going to have any trade chatter, but I think uh, we'll find things to talk about. That's for sure. You 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 put you nailed it there. Um, what we we were refreshing the page with like two minutes to go after the uh, Yankee trade, thinking okay, this was it. And I think four yeah. more trades happened after that. So this, this well, you crazy. asked how many more trades, and I was gonna say like one and a half, thinking we'd have like one, and then one that didn't get confirmed. I think we had like I don't know seven. No. At, at least, at least. Anyways, mm-hmm. thank you guys, uh, and good luck the rest of the way to both the Braves and the Rays. I think that concludes another edition of MLB Pro Happy Hour. We'll be back, though, to continue to discuss the playoff race uh, the rest of the way. So thanks for listening. All right, guys, take it easy.